I'm Sharon. Welcome to Queen of the Hills podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Queen of the Hills podcast. I'm your host, Sharon. Today, I have a special guest in the building, my husband, Jonathan. Hi. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Awesome. And he is broadcasting to the world live with me, all four of you. And so today I have a special treat. I want to talk about Jurassic World Dominion. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. Okay, so I'm partial because I love the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World franchise, the entire world universe that Michael Crichton created. I am a fan of Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Dinosaurs in general have been part of my life forever i'm actually trying to buy a paperweight that is the amber from uh general or general from (laughs) professor hammond's cane and it's got the mosquito in it for those of you who are jurassic park fans you know what i'm talking about and it's the one where they go amber and so (laughs) i want that paperweight it doesn't it doesn't match anything in my office but i want it but just that's just giving you an idea of kind of how much i love dinosaurs in general i am three parts velociraptor and so i understand what it's like to be somewhat a dinosaur in a world where you are not welcome so jurassic world dominion actually spoke to me now before we continue i just want to remind everybody that i am not spoiler free so this is your time to get the hell out of here if you do not want spoilers it is literally the day after the movie hit theaters today is june 11th do not continue if you don't want anything spoiled. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. I'm assuming you are still here. If you're not, you'll come back when you've seen the movie because it is amazing. Jonathan, are you ready? Absolutely. And just as if I am a huge Jurassic Park, Jurassic World fan as well, but a little less biased. And so <laughs> I think that my opinion of some of the scenes, some of the character developments on and so forth uh, will resonate with, uh, you know, so, some of the... Um, reviews that you you may (laughs) see online before or after you view the movie. I'll say this. Anybody who had anything less than 1,000% in favor is a motherfucking lie. (laughs) (laughs) Can you say that on... I can say it wherever the hell I want. This is my platform. And as everyone understands, I am part Velociraptor. So, you know, you get it. This is personal. This hits home for me. So, um, and that little spitting one that I like, the one that giggles, he's a cutie boy. So um, I wanna continue, I wanna start by kind of getting an idea of where we are. So I'm actually gonna read the synopsis so that we can kind of catch up. Now, this is Jurassic World, which is uh, uh, the sequel franchise to Jurassic Park. We ended Jurassic Park. This is now Jurassic World, which debuted in 2015 with the very first Jurassic World movie, just titled Jurassic World. Then we went over to 2018 where we had Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. And now we are at Jurassic World Dominion with a smash June premiere. They couldn't have done it better. Now I'm gonna take a look at Rotten Tomatoes because before we start, I wanna get an idea of how it's being received so far. We are less than 24 hours since it first debuted. So we haven't gotten all the numbers or all the reviews that we're gonna get for the first opening weekend. But so far on Rotten Tomatoes, it has gotten a 31% tomato meter because fuck y'all. And then for the audience score, it's gotten an 80%. We're chugging along, but not quite. I mean, I'm disappointed in you. 
and disappointed. And, and, and important to realize that the 80% is higher than the previous two uh, movies yeah. in the film. And I, I think to say that the tomato meter, um, if it is comprised of professional reviewers, uh, individuals who work with Rotten Tomato, uh, it says something that there's such a huge divide between mm -hmm. the tomato meter and the audience review. Because uh, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they should be a little bit closer. They should be in the yeah. same uh, realm of each other. And if you look at the other uh, two previous films, I think Jurassic World had a 71% tomato meter and a 78% audience score. Uh, then you look at Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, it had a 47% tomato meter, then a 48% audience review uh, or audience score. And so, again, in the same realm between a 10-point uh, uh, delta there, uh, and now you have a 50-point delta, and again, we are 24 hours uh, from release time, but that is a little bit alarming. The initial reviewers, the individuals, I think there are somewhere around 300 reviews right now, mm -hmm. they really missed the mark in regards to not necessarily what the film made them feel, uh, but what the overall audience, the, the masses, uh, would feel about this film. And so uh, if anyone from Rotten Tomato is listening, uh, you should really kind of look inside and say, are we really uh, hiring or employing individuals who are going to give honest and objective feedback based on what the individuals, what the masses are going to say about a movie uh, versus if they personally like the franchise? Are they, re are they being biased? Are they being uh, the type of individuals you want representing uh, Rotten Tomatoes? So with that said, Sherry? Well, um, in short, get your shit together. So uh, anything less than a 100 score does not pass my review. And I, if I see you in the streets, oh, just know I am going to triangulate and hunt you down like the velociraptor that I am. Now, I want to jump in with a synopsis um, of Jurassic World Dominion. This debuted June 10, 2022, which was yesterday for me. And it got a PG-13 rating. Obviously, we know it's in the action-adventure genre. Uh, the original language is English. The director is Colin Trevorrow, who did a good job. Um, producers Frank Marshall and Patrick Crowley. Writer Emily Carmichael, Colin Trevorrow. Um, so, and it's got a two-hour and 27-minute runtime, And it's part of the Jurassic Park collection. Now that we've got all that out of the way, let me go ahead and read the synopsis. This summer, experience the epic conclusion to the Jurassic... It hold on, before I can... Conclusion? Is this the last one? It is. Looks like they did a three-peat. So this is the last one. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. If that's how they're going to go out, they did a damn good job. But if I find out they don't have another era coming, Universal, I'm on your ass. So I'm going to start back over so that we can get the whole synopsis without my bias interjection. Hmm. This summer, experience the epic conclusion, to, to be determined, to the Jurassic era as two generations unite for the first time. Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard are joined by Oscar winner Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Sam Neill in Jurassic World Dominion, a bold, timely, and breathtaking new adventure that spans the globe. From Jurassic World architect and director Colin Trevorrow, Dominion takes place four years after Isla Nublar has been destroyed. Dinosaurs now live and hunt alongside humans all over the world. This fragile balance will reshape the future and determine once and for all whether human beings are to remain the apex predators on a planet they now share with history's most fearsome creatures. How do you feel about that? That's a great uh, explanation of the film. I think it okay. kind of gives you a peek into 
uh, uh, the direction that they were going in. It, uh, and it kind of names, again, different characters from the original trilogy uh, mm -hmm. versus the, the current or most modern trilogy. Uh, and gives insight to the fact that they're going to try and mesh these two very long, very uh, intricate stories together in, in mm -hmm. one movie scene. I'll tell you what. So they, um, they really did do a great job of mixing these worlds because I'm going to be honest, every time a nostalgic, uh, a nostalgic character popped up, I damn near had a heart attack. I was just like, oh, I can't take this. Like, at one point, I was fighting hyperventilation. Like, I, I, I'm still, so we just saw this movie less than an hour ago. We literally, we left the theater, came home, and sat down to talk about, like, I am, it really did everything it intended to do. And so, as we discussed in the car, I am one of those people who feels everything content creators want me to feel when I take in their art. Like I open myself up so that I can experience every single emotion. If you want me to feel sorrow, if you want me to feel fear, if you want me to feel excitement, joy, what have you, I am that viewer. I will feel it because I'm open to it. Jurassic World is already on a different level for me. It's already more personal than most other franchises and most other projects because I love it so much. I love dinosaurs, but I love Jurassic Park and Jurassic World alike. So to see all of my, I feel like, you know what, I'll say it like this. I feel like the, sh the movies and the characters alike are not just content or entertainment. Because I've been watching these since I was six years old, it feels like like friends of my family, like people that I know. It feels like a character in my life. Like the whole it project of Jurassic Park slash world feels like a character or a, a friend in my, an associate that exists for real in my life. Because it's kind of like how Harry Potter felt. Because in the integral years of my youth growing up, Harry Potter was releasing new movies annually or every two years or what have you. They were so regular that it was almost like, okay, I know every Christmas I'm gonna see my aunts, my uncles, and then I'm gonna see Harry. Like I'm gonna check in. And so that's kind of how J the Jurassic franchise feels every few years when they drop a new one. It's like, oh good, I'm so happy to, to check in. So um, it's no secret that I do not care for Chris Pratt. <laughs> like, I feel like I'm with the majority of people who consume movies. Chris Pratt has, in in, uh, in his movies, he's cool, but like some of the things that he said on social media or just some of the things that he's put out into the world as, as himself, not as a character, have been subpar. And so it has garnered him a lot of hate attraction. I don't hate him, but he kind of annoys me in the same way that Tyrese does. And it's like, I don't hate you, but when I see you in a project, the odds are against you when it comes to me and my viewership. So with that aside, this movie actually made me root for him. And that's saying something. He, he got the vouch from Bryce Dallas Howard, who is one of my favorite actresses. And I'm actually working on some content regarding her and Jessica Chastain and how there's only room for one dynamic redhead. And so we're gonna rate them and decide which one we like the most. But um, I really like Chris Pratt in this film. I was kind of hoping he would you know, be the sacrifice if there was one, but he did a good job and I was actually happy to see how the movie ended. Now, again, I've said spoilers a million times, so this shouldn't be a surprise, but I just want to say it one more time. But we got a, a, a revisit from Ellie Sattler, played by Laura Dern, Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum, Alan Grant, 
played by Sam Neill. Let me just tell you, when I saw Alan Grant in that hat, in that cave, digging up that dinosaur bone, it, uh, that movie could have ended there, honestly. <laughs> they could have just been like, Sharon, this is for you. We just want you to know where Alan was. And I would have been excited. I, I would have been like, thank y'all so much. Like, <laughs> purpose served. But they had some new characters, too, which we're going get to get to. But I want to just kind of continue to revisit. We had B.D. Wong, who plays Dr. Henry Wu, who is always fucking up shit <laughs> since the first one. Um, we saw Barry Simbine, which was he played Owen Grady's partner when they were training velociraptors. Um, but that's played by Omar Sy. Um, let's see, who else? Dodson. We got Dodson here. <laughs> which, may, okay, when I tell you I heard the name Dodson, all of it just came back. It all came running back to me. And he's played by Colin, uh, excuse me, Campbell Scott. We saw a little peekaboo with uh, Franklin Webb, played by Justice Smith. And I wish he had had a bigger role, but I'll tell you what. I'm so happy we got to see him. Of course, um, the EP still has always been and still remains Steven Spielberg. But overall, it was so good to see these returners. Now, some of the newbies could not have been better. When I saw uh, Mama Duathi, I almost screamed. Now, <laughs> he is kind of a newcomer. Not really. He was in the black box. He's been in Archive 81. He's been, he played that sommelier in that movie. So, like... He's been in a lot of new projects, particularly with Amazon and uh, Netflix as well. So he is like making a splash right now in Hollywood. Here's what I love about him is he is so damn dignified in every role. Like he is so dignified. I love the way he speaks. He kind of owns the screen, but he does so with subtle nuance. That, that's I love Mamadou Athi. Do you have anything to say so far? I'm just hogging the mic. No, no, you've gone through uh, your nostalgic lane, uh, which I wanted to allow you to do uninterrupted because I don't think that there is a bigger uh, Jurassic Park fan uh, in the world. And so, yeah, it was amazing to see all these, um, what I would call old characters or, or uh, foundational characters for this franchise, to see them uh, back on screen interacting with each other and then, of course, the mesh with the uh, newer trilogy of the franchise, seeing them mesh with those characters was... Uh, it did. It did. Uh, it was a moment. Uh, the the best thing that I could describe is, uh, let's say, um, Avengers Endgame. Uh, <laughs> when yep, everyone exactly. when when everyone starts coming out of uh, Doctor Strange's little yellow orbs and then Ooh, you know, yes, it's yes. again. It's just it's the unexpected and seeing characters that you didn't necessarily think you would see again. Uh, within the realm of their, you know, their universe is pretty cool. It is really cool. And we also saw a newbie uh, who plays Maisie Lockwood and young Charlotte Lockwood. Her name is Isabella Sermon. She did an amazing job. I thought she did fantastic. She really fit into the franchise, but she did make me nostalgic for the kids from the original movie. I really was hoping that the two kids from the original movie would pop up somewhere working at, uh, was it Bryson or Brycourt, whatever the company was, mm -hmm. I was, or in the park. I was hoping that we would get a little flashback to them. We can't get everything we want. Um, but lastly, the newcomer that really shook me to my core when I saw her come on my screen was Miss DeWanda Wise. Every single project DeWanda is in, she owns the screen. I love her. 
I love everything about her. She gives me the vibe of a young Angela Bassett. Like when Angela Bassett was like, not new, but like kind of in her 90s era. Sorry, y'all, it's the lightning behind us. Uh, in her 90s era, Angela was young, but she had a grace about her that is usually only afforded to people of a certain age that she was not at yet. So Angela carried herself with such dignity and this, this I don't know, this dignified grace, this chin up, stiff upper lip type of vibe, but still warm and personable, makes you feel like you're talking to someone you know, but you have such great respect for them, you'd never get too comfortable, never too familiar. DeWanda gives me that thing that attracts me so much to Angela Bassett and all of her work. I root for Angela. Angela could be Vecna. She could play Vecna, and I would be like, well, shit, get in my brain and, and kill me. What do you want me to do? It's Angela Bassett. So it, I get the same vibe from DeWanda Wise. So when I saw her in this project, first of all, she was a perfect fit. Because if you've seen her in, um, what is that episode? She played in an episode of, um, what is that show? The Twilight Zone, the remake, Twilight Zone. Uh, from Jordan Peele and she was in one of the episodes and I felt like oh this is perfect for her she went to space and she was commanding a ship so when I saw her flying a plane it gave me that vibe all over again and I was totally into it she really owned the screen here but she was a big comedic relief she had me rolling and it was subtle and it wasn't like court jestery just like yuck it was funny and it was perfect because she actually was the voice of the audience in the movie and so I really love that about her. But how did you feel about the newcomers? How do you feel they've meshed into the franchise? No, I completely agree. I think uh, I'll start with where you where you finish with Dewanda Wise. Uh, she does have an, an amazing presence. I would kind of compare her to, and you're, you're right, absolutely right, Angela Bassett, uh, the, the new generation's Angela Bassett, kind of how we've seen uh, Chad, Chadwick Bo uh, Boseman mm -hmm. as the new generation's Denzel Washington, right? And so there's just something about the way in which they carry themselves that is of old, of the 80s and 90s. There's, there's this respectability. Yeah, that, with a dignified manner. Exactly. And it's like if you've seen them playing a character that didn't make sense for the presence that they bring uh, to the screen, uh, it would just feel awkward. And so Miss uh, mm -hmm. Wise, absolutely, uh, she, she does that. In this particular movie, she had the comedic relief, uh, the – like you said, the, the audience's response to certain situations where um, it's very difficult to get, it's very difficult to get the timing down, especially during uh, crazy action scenes. Uh, but she, she, nailed, uh, she nailed each opportunity that they gave her. Um, <clears throat> the other characters, uh, the, the young lady, I can't remember her name, but she did an amazing job as well, um, kind of playing almost two characters, right, uh, as mm -hmm. you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, and and she, she definitely held her own. Um, and it, again, it was just great to see a, a few nostalgic characters kind of retake the screen. Meshing in with these newer characters, Chris Pratt, uh, we all understand that uh, this day and age you have to be able to separate the, the art and the entertainment from the actual, uh, the vessel. In some uh, cases, yes. In, in some cases, absolutely. Uh, seems like that, that situation is, is more and more uh, necessary nowadays so mm -hmm. okay great well I'm glad we're on the same page but this movie overall my rating if I were to rate it from 1 to 10 I would give it a 14 and a half and that's me being me being cons considerate I'm not trying to be OD I'm trying to be very reserved and moderate um, on, a, on a scale from 1 to 10 
you know, I'm going to hold back and give it a 14 and a half. What would you give it? I, I think that is uh, partially the bias speaking. Um, <laughs> that look, uh, of course, you can't see it on the podcast, but I just got a crazy look. Uh, there goes the fourth wall. Um, but yes, so I would probably give it a, uh, what the, the total audience uh, score right now is, which is a eight, 80% or an 8 out of 10, may go up to an 8.5 or 85%. Um, again, it hit, the, and if you didn't have the nostalgic characters in it, I think that the storyline was a bit, um, it was repeated, yeah. right? Um, and so we all understand that from Jurassic's uh, trilo- original trilogy to the, uh, to the uh, secondary trilogy, there's always someone in a lab doing something they're not supposed to do. And then in the middle of the movie, they discover that they've screwed something up. And then things go, to, things go downhill from there, right? And then there are heroes that have to jump in and save the day. And as they're jumping in and save the day, uh, saving the day, they're also being chased by dinosaurs, right? So you can't necessarily get past that storyline with Jurassic Park or Jurassic World because, again, you have to implement some type of chasing. You have to implement some type of close call. Someone's going to get their head, uh, uh, you know, torn off by a T-Rex. It's just so... Again, you expect that storyline, you respect that storyline. Uh, the nostalgia pushed it up a, a, a different level. And so we kind of, uh, we, we definitely seen exactly what they were trying to give us. Perfect. Okay, good, good. So I want to get over to the reviews. Um, so the consensus that we were given, let me try to find it. So the consensus that we were given is that it's a jump and a leap and an improvement over its original predecessor franchise, which is Jurassic Park. I don't know that I would say that, especially considering the original has Jurassic Park itself, which is the best movie in either franchise. Jurassic Park is actually my favorite movie outside of Cooley High. They contain the same feelings for me, um, 10 out of 10 across the board and a movie that I will never let go um, with uh, how Stella got a groove back coming in at a strong number two. But I want to get into some of the reviews. Uh, I want to read Rick Marshall's because his is number one. But his review says, after five films that collectively earned more than $5 billion and a trio of Academy Awards, there's one thing that the Jurassic Park franchise should be good at by now. It's giving audiences plenty of exciting dinosaur-fueled action in each installment. After all, the dinosaurs are the real stars of the films, aren't they? It might seem like that should go without saying, but Jurassic World Dominion appears to have missed the message. Do you feel like that's the case? No, absolutely not. I feel like they got more screen time uh and i take that back maybe not more screen time but they were more intertwined in the plot in this movie than they have been uh, ever you know in in the original trilogy it was more so about discovery of what's actually happened there are dinosaurs right what are we what are we going to do it's it's amazing and in the the secondary trilogy um you have blue who is her own character with her own personality it's not just big dinosaur roar loud anymore. It's like these, these, (laughs) it's almost like having a, uh, a pet, right? Uh, blue is Chris Pratt's character's pet to the, to the, and you know, they have their own interactions on and so forth. So he definitely missed the mark on that one. 
I agree. So he also had this to say. He said the concluding chapter in the Jurassic World sequel trilogy might be all fu- maybe full of fun reunions for the franchise's characters, but in pushing dinosaurs to the background in favor of a more conventional action adventure ensemble feature, Jurassic World Dominion abandons too much of what made the franchise so reliably under- entertaining. That is the thing that kind of sticks out to me, reliably entertaining. So I want to go, I don't agree with him on that. The callbacks, the flashbacks, the the nostalgia was the lifeblood of Jurassic World as a franchise. <laughs> like Since Jurassic World itself, when they first showed us Jurassic World, the park, that was kind of a revamp on its own island of the original Jurassic Park. They discovered it, they decided to make it new again, and it was all nostalgia. They gave us new faces, new leading ladies, new leading guy, uh, but it was still nostalgia. I mean, in the lobby of actual Jurassic World, they had the spitting dinosaur. So they had the brontosaurus moment. They had the teeth closing in on glass moment uh, that played in from the original Jurassic Park when he put his when the T-Rex put his mouth over the sunroof. So the entire franchise, everything after Jurassic Park has used nostalgia to drive it. I don't, and, and that is the reliability. <laughs> so I don't think Jurassic World Dominion missed that at all. If anything, it was the most complete movie in the franchise since the first one. It, had they removed every other film between Jurassic World 1 and this one, it would have felt complete to me. It would have felt like home to me. No, a- absolutely. And this is uh, this review in particular, and it's the first one listed, so I'm assuming it's the, the most viewed, um, is the reason why the tomato meter is so off, right? Um, again, you, you're talking about not having the dinosaurs in the forefront. You have the dynamic relationship between Chris Pratt's character and Blue. Blue has had a child named Beta who is now bonding with Chris Pratt's uh, adopted daughter, uh, in, a, in, in a similar fashion, it's you, it couldn't be more uh, more far from the truth. And again, it just kind of shines light on the fact that some of these individuals who are reviewing movies, they should probably not do that anymore. <laughs> that could be the case, actually. I want to go to the second review. So I'm only going to do the top three. I'm going to go to the second review, and it's by uh, Jana Manji, I think. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. And she's of age of the Greek. Now, her review is actually uh, on tomato, Rotten Tomatoes, but she has a very long um, article reviewing it. So I'm excited to jump into that. But let's go ahead and read. She gave it an original score two out of five. So I'm, I'm excited to read hers. She says, the franchise adds two attractive new black characters, and yet this starkly reminds us of how diversity was imagined Throughout this six-film saga, the logistics called for more Latinos and an expansion of an Asian-American character. So, reviews like this are important, but personally, I don't actually look for reviews like this in movies like Jurassic Park, where the, the characters are dinosaurs and then the people around them. And since most of the people around the dinosaurs get killed and eaten, I'm actually pretty cool if I'm my, I'm not represented there. <laughs> so, but I do understand the need for diversity. But Jurassic World Dominion did a great job of bringing in more. So Jurassic Park has actually been pretty diverse since the beginning. It hasn't been as diverse as it should be, but it has actually been pretty diverse with B.D. Wong being in there since the very beginning. Like, it's not like it's just 
this is the first time we saw a black person. Like they've actually shown in the second Jurassic World, Ian Malcolm's daughter was black and they didn't really explain a lot about that. They kind of left that up to us to figure out how that happened. But she was full black. <laughs> she didn't look mixed. So um, they've had diversity throughout the films. Um, so it's not like this is the first run. But what I like about the way Jurassic World Dominion did this, first of all, before I say that, it's always shown that they were interested in diversity since the beginning. Again, I want to say they did not hit every target, but they've shown diversity since the beginning before there was this push to be more diverse. And that was the trendy thing to do in entertainment. So I don't actually think this would, wouldn't have happened had we not had the recent situations in the last few years, which has put a spotlight on entertainment and the entertainment industry to be more diverse. I actually feel like this likely would have been the cast regardless, particularly with Dewanda Wise and Mamadou Ati. The both of them have been killing it in entertainment right now. Like they go look at their uh, IMDb's. They're both in almost everything. <laughs> They're in everything. I feel like these two choices would have been there regardless. So I really don't want this movie to kind of get pushed into that space of like, they responded to the call for action. I actually think they were already kind of on that wave and they did what made sense for the story, which is always good. You always want to see the best person for the character. You don't want to check off a box. But what we were saying is don't eliminate people from being a character because you don't want to check off a box. And I think Jurassic World did a fantastic job of bringing in more diversity without making it feel like criteria management. Like we just got to meet this criteria. So, I mean, I appreciate that review being second and kind of making sure people recognize like, no, we actually have more black characters and they lived. That's the thing I was about to say. If they had died like they usually do, then we would have a problem. <laughs> they lived and they were integral keys to the character. I mean, to the story. They were part of the plot. They were part of the action. They were part of the climax and the denouement. They were all there and they made sense for the story. Also, um, is it just me or did the characters feel like they would really know each other in real life? Like everybody who was partnered up, and I want to go back real quick, everybody who was partnered up felt like that would actually happen in the story. They really did a good job of pairing people for their uh, end game of the movie, the end game uh, pairing. So, you know, the pairings that they have for Laura Dern, they obviously pa paired her with, well, Ellie Sattler was always paired with Alan Grant. DeWanda Wise was paired with Owen Great, or I say DeWanda Wise, Kayla Watts is DeWanda Wise's character. Kayla Watts was paired with Claire Deering and Owen Grady. And then we had Maisie Lockwood was paired with Ellie Sattler and Alan Grant. We had um, Ian Malcolm paired with Ramsey Cole, played by Mamadou Ati. And then we had Dr. Henry Wu and Lewis Dotson here. Those two were paired for a moment, and then they separated. And then, of course, uh, Barry Sambini was also paired with Owen Grady. So, oh, and Claire Daring was also with Kayla Watts for a little bit by themselves. We had a little, um, what is it called, a <laughs> uh, uh, women's empowerment moment where we saw Claire Daring and Kayla Watts, and then Claire Daring and Ellie Sadler. So, oh, and then the return of Ian Malcolm with Alan Grant, which, oh, my, when I saw them get back together, and finally Ian Malcolm took the instead of a flare he took the fire torch and he managed to lead the dinosaur away mm -hmm. from uh, from them and eliminate the danger but instead of leading him away he said oh i'm taking it up a notch bitch burning your throat it was such a satisfying moment but i loved all the pairings i felt like all the characters they had an organic connection they all felt like they made sense no it, it felt organic just like the first film 
No, absolutely. You had a couple of different uh, love stories or of love torn stories going at one time, which was necessary when you have two and a half hours, right? So most films are going to run an hour and a half, so you, you need to double up on almost everything. Um, again, you had women's empowerment. You had old generation uh, with Chris Pratt's character versus uh, Alan Gray. Uh, old generation versus new generation, right? So uh, kind of the the somewhat of an antagonist when it comes to the dinosaurs. I love to see them, but I don't really trust them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was an amazing dynamic as well. Um, and you're, you're absolutely right from your first point. Uh, Jurassic Park has done, uh, I won't say an amazing job, I'll say a better job than most large franchises when it comes to diversification. Um, and so uh, this was no different outside of, again, uh, African-American uh, characters, Asian-American characters, actually surviving through the end of the movie, which is different <laughs> and uh, honestly delightful. And Dr. Henry Wu got his redemption. He wasn't the bad guy. I loved it. Even, you know, DeWanda Wise's character, Kayla Watts, kind of started as a semi-bad guy. So it was beautiful to see her and Dr. Henry Wu kind of get their redemption. It was great to see Barry Simbini, who he was reluctant when he was training the Velociraptors. And it was good to see him overcome that in this film where he was brave. He actually controlled the the upgraded Velociraptor, whatever that thing was. But he actually controlled it and they were able to trap it. But he trusted himself and his partner, which if you can recall, was a very small thread. But if you can recall in, in his previous films, he wasn't able to do that. He was still being trained by Owen Grady. It was beautiful. We also got a call back to Owen Grady on a motorbike running from some Velociraptors. And if they don't do that in every film, is it really Jurassic World? So it was good to see. Okay, so a couple of the callbacks I want to talk about. Ian Malcolm, if you remember the first one, when he was on the back of the Jeep with the broken leg and he and Ellie Sattler and the other person were driving away from the T-Rex who was chasing after them, his shirt was open. And that has become a meme of sorts of someone being like inappropriately sexy in a very serious moment. It was like, turn it off, my God. So in this film, when he finally makes it to semi-safety, his shirt came open just because he had been in a very traumatic moment and running around getting tussled on by dinosaurs um, or dinosaurs. But when he got up there, his shirt was unbuttoned. And Kayla Watts looks at his shirt and then looks at him and goes, and nods no and he buttons his shirt up I was like yes correct the things of old I love that they acknowledge that the audience remembers these things and they're still relevant in pop culture um what is another callback we had a few callbacks before I go before I get into the callbacks let me go back blue played herself and she did a great job (laughs) and then she has a baby named beta And so the story is Blue was able to create a baby on her own because part of what completed her um, her um, uh, double helix, they used uh, some sort of lizard. I think it was a monitor lizard, which can actually it's it can be asexual and create its own offspring without the help of a mate. And so since they completed her double helix with with that animal, she adopted those traits, which has actually been the story since the very beginning. The dinosaurs were all female. And no, Ian Malcolm, we didn't look up the dinosaur skirts. We knew that because they were all female and they were genetically uh, created that way so that they could they could control the population on the park. But because they use monitor lizards or frogs or frogs, as the demonstration showed us, it, because they use those, um, the frogs and the monitor lizards are animals that can create their own offspring. If we did it the first time, 
Dr. Henry Wu, why the hell would we do it again? But that's what they did. But it came back down to a scientist who was there since that she was young and she had some sort of uh, genetic disease. And when she created her own baby, she genetically created her own baby without a mate in the same way, she used her DNA in the same way that these lizards do it and that the dinosaurs that they created do it, except she changed the cells so that the disease, the, the baby would not have the disease. And so they're trying to figure out, Dr. Henry Wu was trying to figure out how she did that. And so he used these locusts, he brought these locusts back and they got out of control. He didn't do it right. And so the whole movie is him trying to control this issue, dodge accountability and, and find the little girl that was created by the scientist so he could study how she was made. He just wants to study her. And so when we first enter the film, this little girl does not know who her mother was. She has no idea who she was. She only knows who her grandfather who, and he died. And the things that he told her about her mom weren't true. So she's trying to figure out who she is. When she gets captured by these scientists, she talks to Dr. Henry Wu and he fills in all the blanks. But even though she is still on a quest to know more about her mom, she realizes what they're doing is wrong. And they had also stolen Blue's baby, Beta. So he thinks by telling her all this, she's going to be an accomplice and she gets Beta and they get out of there, get the hell out of Dodge. At the same time, uh, Sam Neill's character, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler, uh, Owen Grady, Claire Denning, uh, Deering and Kayla Watts are all on the way to this company because they know this little girl has been kidnapped and so has Blue's baby. And when I tell you Blue, who played herself and did a fantastic job, emotional, captivating performance from Blue, Miss Blue, um, when she slapped the shit out of Owen Grady and said, find my baby, find my baby clown, she meant that. And they found the baby. <laughs> and so, uh, they found the baby and took it back and she said thank you to her daddy, Owen. And he found his grandbaby and gave it back to his daughter. So um, that's basically the story. There's a whole bunch of other stuff going on. There's this black market for dinosaurs because, of course, humans created a black market. Give us something new, we're going to fuck it up. There was a black market for dinosaurs. They were doing dinosaur fights, cockfights. One of the dinosaurs that was fighting was this little slow some bitch that was just sitting there smiling and eating. <laughs> he was adorable. <laughs> He was so cute, but it, it really gave me pleasure to see the bad guy get burned on the barbecue and then eaten up by that super velociraptor. So Claire Deering's velociraptor chase, the stuff of legend. I loved it. I loved it. But here's the part that got me. The bad lady who was running the black market, uh, Sayona Santos. She's also the one who stole Maisie Lockwood to deliver her to Dr. Henry Wu. She did stuff like that, depending on who had the, ba the highest bag. There was really no morals. She just wanted the money. And she was also working for Dotson. So she got uh, Maisie Lockwood delivered to Dotson and Dr. Henry Wu. And she could control these velociraptors with a laser. She would point at her target and then hit attack, and they would not stop. It was like a heat monitor. These were trained assassins, almost like, you know, how when you have a heat bomb, they can just select like where it goes and it'll just follow that target until it explodes. Um, that's how the velociraptors behave. So they really didn't have an off switch. They had no kind of empathy <laughs> or any kind of like overriding sense of, of self-preservation. They just wanted to eat and kill because that was the, that's what they did. They were genetically mutated to be assassins, which is why that kind of thing with living animals is wrong. So weapons should be weapons and animals and people should be animals and people. But I digress. So we saw that as actually part of Jurassic World since the very beginning. We got to see how that storyline played out. Um, they protected animals and velociraptors from being killing machines in wars and stuff. 
Now we saw how that played out when it actually was no more uh, no more protection for them. Um, so again, another little side plot that they continued. They closed the circle on. They closed that loop. But anyway, Sayona so Santos is chasing Claire Deering because Claire Deering is looking for Maisie Lockwood. And when they get in there and they're fighting or whatever, and she's trying to get away from this velociraptor, Claire Deering grabs this electro zapper thing, this little, um, this little zapper. And mind you, uh, Santos has just sent a velociraptor to kill her. They start fighting. Santos is now trying to stab Claire. So Claire grabs this little electric thing and zaps her in the neck. And this bitch goes, those are for animals. Those aren't for humans. Ma'am, the knife is for bread, but you're still trying to stab me with it. So I thought that was so funny because she was like, what? what What? do you mean you'll stab me back? <laughs> and, and that's actually one of the things that I would point to is uh, Santos's character uh, was a bit underdeveloped. The storyline was a bit underdeveloped. And if you have two and a half hours of my time, each one of the characters that's going to spend significant time, and I'd say Santos falls in that realm, uh, you need to tell me who they are, where they came from, at least give them a, a name and give them some type of end, right? And so the last thing that we seen from Santos was her sicking uh, one of the trained uh, velociraptors uh, to chase. I want to say it was Owen uh, on his motor mm -hmm. on his motorbike. Mm -hmm. We maybe she got arrested. She still had the velociraptor. Uh, signal in her hand so maybe she got away no one knows right and then she doesn't reappear uh on the island or or for the rest of the movie so it was very very confusing how she played such a significant role when it came to the black market for dinosaurs uh understanding that she was working for someone at the lab but she never resurfaced so i uh, really wanted to see more of that I wanted her to be shot. I wanted her to be handled. I wanted them to protect. Now, there's so they have a limit on how many people they can actually like in the movie because they're keeping that PG-13 rating. But I would have loved something. Put her face down with her hands behind her back so we at least know problem solved, problem eradicated, crisis averted, as Tasha Mack would say. So um, another little callback that I loved was whenever the T-Rex showed up, or not the T-Rex, the super T-Rex showed up, and he cornered the gang, which this is the best gang since the Avengers Endgame. I love that you made that connection because that's how I felt. I was like, it feels like the culmination of all the things I love at once, and I can't take it. I cannot take it. Um, it was very satisfying, and they closed the loop on damn near everything. But there's still room for them to come up with another franchise. I already saw so many possibilities just by watching this film. But um, when the group was all cornered and the, t the Super T-Rex showed up, Alan Grant said his his epic line, don't move. But he had an echo in Owen Grady. Oh, he's fucking up something. But Owen Grady said it. And I loved Alan Grant's reaction of like, uh, bitch, you don't know who show you on? Uh -uh. This is Jurassic, baby. I does this. So I love that moment when he gave him those those eyes. I also love, let me just say this. I am not for animal abuse. But dinosaurs, oh, they can get it. And even though I love them, they're dangerous. So Whenever that spitting monster, one of my favorites, had Claire Deering cornered and she was just like, OK, I surrendered to the Jurassic World, um, literally, <laughs> um, it started to uh, flap its little head wings and it was about to spit. It did its screech, which, oh, my God, that felt so good to hear that. I'm not even going to lie. It felt so good to hear that. And so she was like, OK, I'm going to die. But I tried. Next thing you know, he chokes and she's like, what the hell? Hands around the throat. Owen 
is choking out this animal. And if I tell you that was very satisfying to see because so many times in movies, I don't want you beating animals. Please don't. I love animals. But in movies, when they're being attacked by like dinosaurs or animals or a shark or something, I'm like, take the instinctual primary, uh, what is it? Primal approach and knock the shit out this animal. You running around, waving your hands in the air, like tiptoeing and jumping up and down going, ow, ow, ow. I'm about to square the fuck up with this animal. <laughs> like, hey, you may take me down, but I'm gonna knock the shit out of you. That animal gonna have a black eye, a missing tooth, a kicked in chin, a, a kicked in chest. I'm gonna kick over your balls. I'm gonna wrap your tail around my hand and swing you around my head like a Flintstone. I'm gonna fuck you up. So when he choked that animal, I said, finally, get primal with these things. Stop trying to be like, oh no, ouch, ouch. Don't just accept it. Go down with a fight. I was so happy. That's the only thing Owen Grady did that I was just like, all right, you solid. Just get primal. If I tell, if I got attacked by an animal, which I have been attacked before by an animal, and I just popped it in the nose two times with my fist, not at full, you know, capacity, but it was attacking me. So I said, bop, bop, and it ran away. And you sometimes you just got to get primal. You don't, you know, you're not going to overpower him with brute strength, but you got to hit those sensitive areas, those pressure points. And it was so nice to see that he just choked it out and went on about his business. And it actually was okay. It later had a really good feast and uh, Dodson here. So. It all worked out. They closed the loop on everything. So before we get out of here, I just want to remind everybody that this is a fantastic movie, and I hope they come out with another series bigger, bigger, stronger. I hope they do a Jurassic Universe. I want Jurassic Stars. I want Jurassic Planets. I want Jurassic Planet in 95. I want Jurassic Universe. I want Jurassic Heaven, Hell, and Earth, and, and Purgatory. I want Jurassic everything. Give me dinosaurs or give me death. <laughs> what do you think about this film ending this so far this tentative ending of jurassic world and park alike um again i think they took all necessary elements and they uh combined it in, in a two and a half hour uh blockbuster honestly mm -hmm. i hope that they have the opportunity to do another trilogy uh it will be very interesting to see uh what direction they could go in next I was thinking maybe like a, a pseudo caveman slash Jurassic. Mm, Jurassic in the days of old, like the original. Yeah, and so, Ooh. you know, here they kind of reestablished that dinosaurs have um, kind of repurposed themselves into existence. Uh, so maybe they, they fuck some shit up, right? And then <laughs> and humans, uh, the progress that we've made is kind of uh, stalled. Uh, and then we kind of go back to... Uh, Almost like, uh, I would say, a combination of Planet of the Apes slash I Am Legend type of world with dinosaurs. That's just mm -hmm. an idea. Steven Spielberg, you can keep that. Uh, speaking of I Am Legend, the main character from I Am Legend took made a little cameo in this. I forgot her name. I feel bad. but Not Will Smith. <laughs> not Will Smith. Unfortunately, not Will Smith because he would have slapped the shit out of them dinosaurs and went on about his business and there would be no movie. He solved it. Will Smith saves the world yet again. Uh, and it would complete with a slap. He would slap the shit out of the dinosaurs, and we saw him slap up the robots. There's nothing Will won't protect us from, and I think it's time we put some respect on his name. You've seen my YouTube videos; you know how I feel. But um, uh, I do wish they had more lines for Justice Smith because he is an endearing character in everything he's in. You you naturally root for him. But um, I was really pleased with the film. I thought they hit it out of the fucking park. I loved this movie. With the exception of the first one, this is my favorite. It it had everything I needed. It had everything I could ever want. And I will, if this is the last one, I will watch them all over and over again. 
and and that's fine. But if this is the last one, they did one bang up job of closing the loop and and sending us on our way. But this is a movie franchise that has been available to me for 29 years. And I am not ready to see this go. I'm, this is something I look forward to. If they had a, a Jurassic World barbershop, a Jurassic World beauty shop, Jurassic World nail salon, they had Jurassic World football arena, I, they can take us as far into fantasy as they want to, and I will give them my money. So I love all things dinosaurs and Jurassic. I'm sure this is not the end. This is just the end of this franchise, and I think they're going to continue it in another way. Jurassic Universe will be fantastic. Jurassic prehistoric era. Well, it's kind of redundant, but you know what I mean. Jurassic Caveman, when man and, and, and Jurassic first walked the earth together and they obliterated our asses and an asteroid came to make things right. I want to see it. So if you have your thoughts, please feel free to share your thoughts with me regarding this film and any other film. Um, I'm going to also post this to my YouTube in a couple of days, just a little sneak peek, but you can only find the whole episode here on my podcast, Queen of the Hills podcast, wherever podcasts are offered. If you have not already, go ahead and subscribe to my podcast for a weekly um, episode reviewing my favorite content, whether it's a movie or a TV show. Um, I'm going to review it. Uh, the next episode, I'll be reviewing something new. I think I'm going to go into uh, um, reviewing of the movie Ava, which is on Netflix. It came out a couple of years ago, but I just saw it for the first time. And it's it's starring one of my faves, Jessica Chastain. And that was actually supposed to be this new episode until I realized Jurassic World, bitch, all things halt. So go ahead and subscribe to my, uh, my YouTube and my uh, podcast so that you can be updated every time there's a new episode. And I will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening.